Manifold has become a staple within the Ethereum community. No-code smart contracts and easy NFT creation has made it very popular for a lot of people. Today, I'm going to give a review of my experience using the platform so that you can understand its strengths and its weaknesses. Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So before I jump into all of the stuff that I have to say about Manifold, I have to say I made a serious boneheaded mistake yesterday, and that is because it was Star Wars Day, May 4th. Of course, we know May the 4th be with you. Well, May the 4th be with you. And the funny thing is, that is my two-year anniversary within the NFT space. Via a podcast, that is how I discovered about NFTs. I went down this rabbit hole, never looked back, and really has changed my life ever since as far as my direction of what I'm doing with my career and everything. So I really wanted to make a day out of it and have some fun. However, I record the episodes usually the day before, and me with my smart self didn't even realize that I was recording the May 4th episode on May 3 thinking that, oh, wow, tomorrow I have something to record about the whole May 4th thing, and I had some different things. Of course, I listen to the podcast myself. I play it, make sure it's up, running, and everything. And the middle of the day on May 4th, as I'm listening to it, I also was on Twitter at the same time, and that's when I realized it was May the 4th, and my May the 3rd episode went up. And when I realized this, I was shocked. Yeah, literally. I was just like, no way. I can't believe that exactly happened. And anyways, uh, needless to say, May the 4th, two years anniversary within the space. Everything is awesome. However, I did miss something. So later on in the episode towards the end, I'm going to tell you some things that I was planning to do on that. But uh, I guess I'll uh, pivot and do something else at the end. But Jumping into this whole manifold thing, it's kind of hard to spend any time in the space speaking to creators, whoever it is that is in the space without coming across manifold. Manifold is by far the most popular Ethereum based smart contract creator, makes things easy, no code, you don't have to be a dev writing solidity and all that stuff. So it is trusted, it is battle tested, there's countless contracts that are out there, some big names in the space, the who's who of Web3 have used manifold. The beautiful thing about this is, all the contracts are up there. They're reviewable. They're auditable. Is that a word? They are able to be audited <laughs> to see if it is optimized, well-written, and so forth. And they are. They're very well gassed optimized. I don't know how they do it, but they get them onto the blockchain for very low cost. It's pretty impressive in my opinion. But as far as being able to do this, it is super easy. And I thought it was just great. You just log in, create your account, and then you're off the races. Lots of documentation. It is Googleable, and the community is there to help you. But I would say the number one thing is trying to decide if this is a platform for you is just understanding who is this for? Anyone that's trying to create basic either ERC-1155 or ERC-721 tokens, and if you're not familiar with those standards are, long story short, the ERC-721 tokens are the most popular ones. So pretty much all the NFT collections, the PFPs and all of that, those are ERC-721, meaning every single one of those are easily searchable and sortable. They have their token ID number and you can see exactly which token is in which wallet. Whereas the 1155 token, they are stacked. Basically all of those ones of that particular design, that model, if you will, I don't, I don't know, that template are all stacked together. So you can't specifically see 
each wallet that has it, but you can tell that a thousand of them are out there and this is the floor price, meaning that the cheapest one that's available for sale and you just see that entire collection for all of those under there. And just giving you an example of that, the earliest ones that you would see with the 1155 would be like the Curio cards. Curio cards are the earliest art one. Now, it doesn't make a difference which one you're looking at for that particular one, they are all grouped together for that design. Whereas something like the CryptoPunks are 721 tokens, each individual one can be searched and linked to a specific wallet and so forth. So in most cases, if you do not care about the individual wallet holder separating each card out for whatever specific reason, whether the art's different, or you're going to have different tiers or the number, let's say the first 10 people who minted actually mean something that's more significant than let's just say the 10,000th one. Those are the type of things that the 721 offers, but the 1155 things that really don't matter, let's say a general admission ticket, it really doesn't matter if you have a general admission ticket, you're getting in, you're seeing exactly everything. And that's basically what it is like. But that is as far as I'm going to go as far as getting into the technicals of it. Just know that if you want unique identifiers, 1155 is not the way to go. That is for other use cases, but they both have their advantages. But for my case, my intents and purposes, although each one isn't necessarily going to be completely unique, I was interested in the 721 because I wanted that connection with each of the individual holders, and I want to be able to track that for purposes down the road, which is uh, things I'll be rolling out. So as far as what these could be used for. Now, this is something that would be best for uh, collectibles, fan passes, uh, token gating content. And in the case of someone such as myself, who's creating content, a podcaster, YouTuber, Instagram star, TikTok star, whatever it is, something like this could be very useful for them. This is not for someone who wants to have a 10K generative PFP project. That is not the type of thing that you're gonna be able to do with Manifold. Now. Maybe if you do some customizations, but by the time you do all that, might as well you just have your own smart contract and do it with your own dev and do everything. But what you can do directly from the platform is not that technical. You're not going to be able to put all those different layers and have it all scrambled up and randomized and all that. No, that is not what's going to happen on this platform. So for artists, content creators, musicians, small businesses, clubs and organizations, that's the type of thing that you would be using Manifold for. Also, if you don't have the largest tech budget, your development budget, this is something that would be very interesting for this use case. And it doesn't really require that much technical skills. If you can fill out a form, you can use Manifold for the most part. If you can read, if you can Google, search through Discord and their documentations, then pretty much you can figure out everything else. And whatever gap is left, you can use YouTube for that. There's a lot of documentation out there. So that is really who it is for. And the cool thing about that is there's also a couple options. You can either have lazy minting, meaning that people are minting this and purchasing it at the same time. So the minter, the eventual holder of this NFT is paying for that gas fee to put it on the blockchain or you can pre-mint it. So if you're an artist and you're gonna put it on some of these platforms like Super Rare or any of these art marketplaces, right? Then you would probably end up pre-minting it and then putting it up there and then listing it on whichever marketplace is going to be. So depending what your use case is, what you're going to do with it, that is how it's basically set up. Now, first and foremost, the thing that you're going to do when you get into this is, of course, you're going to log into Manifold using your wallet preferably with a ledger, reason being you don't want to have a hot wallet connected to your smart contract and all these assets, especially if it's something that's going to be valuable down the line and what have you, because last thing you wanna do is lose control of your smart contract and really just mess up your entire project. So have it connected to a ledger. It does not work with a Trezor. 
It only works with Ledger at this point. And when you first log in, you're going to create your smart contract. You're going to give it a name, an ID, and you're going to set up an ASCII. Uh, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that funny because I've heard a million pronunciations of it. But if you're someone who is from the AOL days, such as myself, we used to call them macros. Those are those images that you would put up with the backslash and all the symbols and the question marks and what have you. You draw out hearts and dollar signs and you draw out these faces, happy faces, if you will, with keyboard symbols. They call them ASCIIs or macros. You're going to put that into the smart contract to basically give it your own little flavor or whatever. That's optional, but you can put that in there. So you can just Google ASCII, A-S-C-I-I, uh, generators, and you can find them all over the internet for absolutely free. So you can test out what it is that you're trying to do, what you're trying to create, and then you just copy and paste that in there. It was very easy to do. And then, of course, you're going to deploy the smart contract, which is going to be on the test net at first. Now, you don't want to be one of those people or projects that launches something on the main net without having all the kinks worked out. So for example, when I first put up the ASCII and I initially made uh, my smart contract, for whatever reason, it was all jumbled up and it did not come out as it was supposed to look. So luckily, this was on the test net, so I just created another one. So the test net that they're currently using, which unfortunately is going to be shut down at the end of the year after the merger and all that stuff, there's a new test net that they're going to end up switching to. But right now, they're using the Growly test net. And that requires Growly ETH, not the regular ETH. That is another thing in itself, but all the documentation is there. You are able to get free Growly ETH that way you can deploy and test things out. You have to mine the Growly ETH, meaning that you have to connect to this tap or this website that is issuing this Growly ETH for a period of time. It ties up some of your resources on your computer. And in the case of my computer, which isn't the most powerful, doesn't have its own dedicated graphic card, it ended up crashing a few times, but it is free. So within, let's say, a couple hours, you can have enough Growly ETH to be able to deploy smart contracts, test out some NFTs and so forth. But just so you know that upfront, you're not going to have anything. You're going to have to set up your wallet to be able to have this girly ETH in it and connect to the test net. But all that documentation is there right on the website. Very easy to do. Within a couple of minutes, you're able to do that. You could deploy it onto test net once everything looks good. Then you just simply connect to the main net and you deploy it on the main net. You publish it for real. And that's when things start to get interesting. Then you're able to just go in there, go to the different control panels and start to create your NFTs. Same process as before. You can test it on the test net first, then you can upgrade it and then you can put it onto the real one to see how it looks in the different ones to go to their test net marketplace to see how it's going to look when it's listed in OpenSea. Very cool there. But as far as creating the NFT now, the actual file, the image, or the artwork, if you will, you can do it in multiple formats. It can be an image, static image, such as the JPEGs, the infamous overpriced JPEGs, or you could do video, audio, 3D files, or even HTML pages. So you can have a full website into one of these NFTs, which is pretty interesting in itself. The file size limit per NFT is going to be 200 megabytes. Now, in my opinion, the smaller the better, the easier the lift it is for the blockchain, the cheaper it's going to be, the faster it's going to load. It's going to be just a much better user experience on the other side. Sure, you can have a 200 megabyte massive image, but why? You can probably get away with a very beautiful, massive 
image for three, four, five megabytes. So why go all the way up to 200 if you don't have to? I recommend not doing that. But hey, to each their own, you can do whatever you want. Now, as far as creating the actual file for it myself, I did a static image. So I used Affinity Design, which is an alternative to Photoshop. You can use Photoshop or any of those image generators. I also use Canva. Canva is an online-based platform. Very great. I use that in conjunction with my offline software. And I use that a lot of times for various graphics that I put up on Twitter and so forth. Canvas is great. So anyways, whatever method that you choose to make your files, whether you're using Blender to make a 3D file, you're using some sort of a text editor or template to create an HTML page, whatever it is, you're going to put it all in there the same exact way. And you just link all that stuff. You upload it right to the control panel, all the directions, everything is there. It is really easy. Just follow the directions on the page, just like you're setting up your Twitter profile or any other profile for that matter. And you just walk right through. If you have any questions, again, either A, go to the documentation, which they have a lot of, head over to the Discord, search for that specific problem, or Google it. And most likely a YouTube video is going to come up. Now, one of the most interesting parts about this is it gives you the option. Either you're going to have the drop for that particular NFT using their app, so their actual drop page right there on the Manifold website itself, or you can customize it and put it on your own website using your own domain. Now, if you are a small-time creator, small-time company, and people aren't really familiar who you are, I would highly recommend using the drop page because pretty much everyone knows and trusts Manifold within this whole community at this point. Even for myself, when I was setting this self up, I have websites, I have multiple websites for that matter, but I did not want to put it on my own website, although it is great for branding and marketing and so forth. I just know that people are very skeptical of what they're connecting to and so forth, but Manifold is something that people know and trust, so I use their own drop page. It's free. You have everything set up through them. You could just use it. And I thought that was the best route to go considering the fact that I am not some massive celebrity in the space that everybody knows. So you can use that, set that up. And I think for the most part, it's going to give the most user-friendly experience for a mentor. And that brings us to, in my opinion, the best and most impressive part of this whole process is the cost. I don't know exactly how they get it to be so cheap, but I was able to deploy my smart contract on the Ethereum mainnet for about $10, 0.005 ETH at the point of recording. This is what the price converts out to. Now, I was able to do this about three weeks ago when gas prices were way low. I did this in the middle of the night at 21 Guay, and that was what it worked out to. Now I'm looking at gas prices at 170, right? So <laughs> that is absolutely crazy. I would not be deploying in this condition right here. However, later in the night, maybe a Sunday night or something, I should say a Friday or Saturday night, it would be much cheaper, best time to do it. However, when I did it, 10 bucks, 21 guay, couldn't beat that. Absolutely blows my mind. So then of course you have the option of either pre-minting or lazy minting. In the case of this, I was able to set it up as a lazy mint, meaning that when someone is minting, they're gonna buy it, mint it, and purchase it at that specific time. However, if I was an artist putting it on one of those other platforms like I was speaking about before, then I would definitely pre-mint it. I'd pay that upfront and then just bake that into whatever cost I'm going to list it at, so that way I can recoup it. However, the idea that I have for this is more like a fan token. This is a membership to get access to certain things and what have you that would be built out in the future. And of course, this is not released as yet, but I'm just telling you exactly what's going on right here and let you know what's going on in the background. 
Now, the interesting thing is the what's going to factor in the overall cost of this more than anything is those two options. Are you going to lazy mint it, meaning that the minter is going to put that onto the blockchain, or are you going to pre-mint it? So if you're someone who's putting it up, it's going to cost you more upfront. And the thing that's going to affect how much it's going to cost is simply the traffic on the network itself. Ethereum is extremely busy right now, so anything that you're putting on the blockchain is going to cost more than when I did it three weeks ago in the middle of the night at 21 Gui. So keep those things into mind, keep those things into factor that this only operates on the mainnet, which brings me to the negatives, the drawbacks of this whole thing. Now, as far as this is straightforward, for the most part, as I said, Discord, YouTube, the documentation, all the help is there. I didn't need any customer service, so I never had to interact with the team, never had to send them an email form a ticket or anything of that nature. So I can't tell you what the customer service experience was like. Other people that I heard said it's a little bit slower because you're using Discord and a ticketing solution and so forth. I guess assuming that if you have a massive project and you've been using them, you will have an express ticket or something. I don't exactly know. But the people that I do know, they didn't really have any major issues with it. There was nothing too crazy going on. And usually it's something that could be resolved within the documentation and the community itself. I didn't have any experience with that. Now, the thing that I would say is the biggest drawback is that this is only mainnet Ethereum. I would actually like to have it be on Polygon, but the smart contract itself, everything that they do is specifically for a mainnet Ethereum. Now, you can use that mainnet Ethereum NFT, those tokens, to do airdrops and such on Polygon using other tools. However, as far as how it's going to be deployed and how you're going to create those Polygon NFTs, you're not going to use the Manifold Studio to do that. And the other thing, the option between the ERC-721 and the ERC-1155, yes, those are two very different token standards, but I see the benefit of them. However, I couldn't find a way to put them both on the same smart contract. So for example, if I wanted a membership pass or if I wanted a proof of a listen pass or something, as well as some sort of rewards that some of them might be better off served as a 721, some of them might be 1155. However, I couldn't figure out how to do that on one smart contract. That might be a limitation of the smart contract itself and how Ethereum sets this stuff up. I don't know if that's a manifold specific problem. I did some research, but I could not figure out how to get both a 721 and 1155 on the same contract for different use cases. However, when you're setting this up, you pick which one you're going to use. So I don't know if that's something that could be upgraded in the future or what, but that's just something to note if you have that idea. If you know how to do that, please feel free to let me know. But also, I would say this whole platform, this experience is not for everyone. I mapped out the people who I think it would be best for creators and artists. However, if you have some sort of massive project in mind, you're building out an app or you're doing something that is a lot more heavy lifting, customizing smart contracts and doing some really amazing, impressive stuff, I would not use Manifold Studio. If you are someone that I mentioned in those previous brackets, those categories, I should say, then yeah, check it out. I think it is low cost. It is very easy to use. It is user-friendly. It is trusted. It is secure and so forth. And of course, as long as you're using your ledger, there's just that much more added level of security than using a hot wallet. Then it, overall, it's a pretty good experience. Documentation, everything is there. I really enjoyed it. So I would recommend it. But again, if you're building out some huge startup company and you have all sorts of ambitions with building out an app and all sorts of things, maybe you might want to look in a different direction because this is limited. 
for the better, right? You don't have to be a full out coder, full stack developer, if you will, to figure out how to use this. It is straightforward and inexpensive. So with that said, in case you were thinking this is the part where I would say, now I have my NFTs for sale and you can check this out. Unfortunately, that is not what I'll be saying. But what I will be saying is, if you are someone who is on the Wax blockchain, like what? This guy spent 20 minutes speaking about Ethereum. Now you're going to ask about the Wax blockchain. Where did that come in? I actually came out with this art. It's a meme of myself from the last May the 4th celebrating one year in the space. And it was actually put up there already on the Wax blockchain. So if you have a Wax wallet and you want one of those, I would send you one of those. So feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at Tropic Vibes or via email. And if you have a Wax address, let me know it and I'll send you over one of those things. This is not the type of thing you're going to use for your down payment for a house or, you know, put your kids through college for, at least I don't think so. It could be one day, but really it's just a fun meme and it's a Star Wars meme making fun of myself dressed up as one of those rebel pilots or whatever. But that is exactly where we are right now. I would just exploring this stuff, having fun with it. And although I am a day late, I may the force be with, well, I could actually say it's Cinco de Mayo, Taco Friday. I don't know. Depending where you are, have a nice day. And as usual, I want to thank you for taking time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. Until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.